Thank you, everyone, once again for listening to the third episode of the Impulse Pictures podcast. I am your host, the eager student, Tim O'Saban, and over there is my co-host, the owner of Impulse Pictures, the mad professor, Jerry Chandler. Hello, Jerry. Hi, you guys. Jerry, uh, there is a movie that Angio and myself have watched. And um, now this is a Synapse title, okay? But we are now talking on the Impulse podcast, and it's going to become quite apparent while we're going to talk about this Synapse title. Um, the movie is called Graphic Sexual Horror. It's a, it's a, it's a documentary um, about a company that was basically doing bondage videos and things like that, and they, um, they got in trouble with the law eventually. It's pretty rough stuff. I'm going to let you talk about it in detail, of course, and everything, explain it. But the big question that I have, because Angie and I myself watched this, and Angie was, she was, ooh, ooh, <laughs> you know. She's not into pain like that very much, so, uh, you know, she was, it was kind of hurting her, and I said, do you want to stop it? She said, oh, no, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. It's just hard to watch. I said, you all, a lot of interesting things are hard to watch, you know. Um, but the question is, was there ever any debate uh, what label to put this movie on? And, and why, did you, why did you pick the Synapse label to put this movie on? Because it's definitely about an erotic theme. It may be about an erotic theme, but it's not a porn movie. It's a documentary on a website, and it happens to be an incredibly fascinating story. So impulse, the impulse label is really for, you know, the enjoyment of erotica. Um, this was a movie about a website, and it's all true. And it was made by the people who worked at the website. And it, like I said, when I watch graphic sexual horror and i've seen it many many times i'm not thrilled and i'm not excited in fact it brings tears to my eyes there's a couple scenes uh, in the movie that literally bring tears to my eyes every time i see it so that's why it's on synapse it's a very serious film and it should be taken seriously what are your thoughts on the actual the practices that were going on with this with this too because when when you're watching the documentary, and maybe this is a good thing, maybe this is a, a compliment to the film, it's very hard for me to tell whether or not it's being um, overly critical of the owner because the owner, and look, while we were watching it too, this is interesting because I was watching it more fascinated and Angie was just looking like, this guy's a dick. <laughs> you know, he's he's a jerk. And... I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that because I think you also said that the the that the movie was made by a couple of ladies who were models or actresses for the website as well. Is that correct? That is incorrect. 
Barbell, who was the driving force behind it, was a scenario writer. She's a writer. Uh, I'll use the term in real life. I've I've got a couple of her novels. She's a great writer, amazing writer. Uh, and she was writing scenarios. Um, so in the world of porn, like modern porn, you know, mm-hmm. re- uh, remember the, on the last podcast, I talked about the differences between, say, 70s and even 80s era porn and today. You know, when they hire an actress, they don't hire her to shoot a movie. They hire her to do three, four, five scenes in a day, and they could end up in 20 different movies, depending on how it's cut. So when you look at, uh, you know, a modern porn Blu-ray or DVD or whatever, uh, it might have some weird theme, um, like moms and son-in-laws or whatever. And in each scene, there's always a scenario. You know, the mom is in the laundry room. The son-in-law has needs his underwear clean. So while uh, the the uh, mother-in-law takes off the underwear, you know, whatever. Those are scenarios, and uh, the scenarios for insects. You know, I mean, it was a, it's a pretty crazy website. So they're pretty uh, crazy scenarios. And then the uh, the other lady. Uh, who worked with Barb uh, in uh, making the uh, documentary was, um, as far as I know, she was a person who held the video camera, you know, Mm -hmm. a camera person. Okay. Okay. So they, they, you know, they were, (laughs) I don't know what to say. You know, you asked me about, uh, you know, opinions and stuff like that. All I can say is I feel like a pilgrim. When the first pilgrims crossed the sea and they met the Indians for the first time, I'm sure they looked at their habits and the things they did, and they were quite strange to them. So if you would have asked the pilgrims, they'd say, well, they're savages, whatever. Not not really fair. And if you would have asked the Indians, I'm sure they would have had some opinions on the pilgrims. But these are lifestyles, you know. So who are we to comment on somebody else's? I mean, it's from our own point of view. So it's it's not wouldn't be interesting to anybody. I I feel that uh, you know this is it's kind of like the Nakatsu films. They're out there. They're not going anywhere. There's a culture that feels this way about this. It's out there. It's been going on. It's not going anywhere. We're just showing it to you. Mm-hmm. And so there's a culture that. Well, I don't know. Again, once you start watching the movie, you can't just, this is not a movie about a bunch of people who all enjoy torture. Right. Not at all. Now let's, one second, one second here, because you, you mentioned it once and I failed to do this. Also, the movie is about, and you did mention it once, the website that was called insex.com, like I-N-S-E-X. Dot com and it was a website that 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 like we're talking about that for, that uh, featured torture. Uh, it literally was torture porn. Yes, well, exactly. But but heavy on the torture, light on the porn. Um, the person whose site it was, the lead guy, so to speak. You know, when you watch the the documentary, he discusses. He's always had, uh, and again, I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not a social scientist. 
So the words I use, I'm just using on my own, and I might not even know what they mean. So please forgive me if I'm off on any of this stuff. <laughs> right, right. But he was, he got big thrills out of torture. And, uh, you know, he liked to look at the torture equipment that was used like in the 1800s and 1900s. I mean, he had a big fascination with this stuff. And he wanted to do this to people. And as far as I know, he wasn't an evil guy and he didn't want to kill people. As far as I know, I don't know anything about this guy. I just know what Barb has told me. Um, so when they, I guess they, they would advertise or somehow get women to volunteer. That's a bad term too, not to volunteer. They would be paid. And I think, I'm going to guess it was like maybe 3000 bucks a session, but the women that would come and submit to this kind of stuff, you can imagine they were either people who really, really, really needed money or they were people with some pretty severe mental illness. So it's hard in any world to, to say that he wasn't taking advantage of, of these people. And this is part of what uh, is so painful to watch in some of these scenes, because there's one scene in particular where, and they're very careful to use, to go over the safe word. What is the safe word? The safe word is the word you say if you're being tortured and you want them to stop. Now, you say the safe word and they stop, they untie you, they unchain you, they pull the pins out, whatever they're doing to you, it means the end. And at insects, it wasn't the end. And, uh, you know, also, they would interview the person beforehand, and they would say, okay, so you know what the safe word is, and they'd repeat it, and they'd say, is, are there any hard limits? What are hard limits? Hard limits are what you cannot do. In other words, if I'm going to be tortured, I'll say, okay, you could, uh, you know, you could do this, you could do that, but you can't do this. And then you don't, right? Mm -hmm. So in a, in a scene, a girl's being interviewed and she says, listen, I don't care what you do to me. Just don't slap me in the face. I don't like that for whatever reason. She might have gone into the reason. I don't want to take everything away from the people who want to see the movie, but for whatever reason, she says, she says, don't slap me in the face. They go, fine. So it starts. Now, this is the late 1990s. So what used to happen is they would have, I believe it was once a month, they'd have a, uh, you know, a live stream and people would be able to type in, do this to her, do that to her. And if they could, they would, you know, and it would be right there on the screen for everyone to see. And, you know, you had to pay to get in, by the way. To be to view and, and stuff it's like that. It's almost so like the course, beginnings of, of of a webcam, almost in a way. Except there was a. It's that's exactly right. what it was. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think? Like one of the first people to type something in, types, slap her in the face. So, what do you think they did? They turned around and slapped her in the face, and she started crying. She goes, "Wait." You know, you weren't supposed to do that. So the, this is the kind of stuff that went on there. That's not why they were shut down. The thing is, too, is that, you know, when I'm watching this, I'm, I got, I always have like my hat on like 
working behind the scenes types of things in entertainment in general. Uh, I perform music on stage. I know what happens backstage and what happens in front of people. And, and it's almost like a, the wrestlers call it kayfabe. You almost wonder if that was set up too, but it doesn't look set up. And oh, maybe because maybe because the fact that a slap in the face, considering everything they were doing to these women, is really nothing compared to everything else they were doing. I do agree with you that it looked sincere to me. No, I mean, it looked I, real no, sincere. Nope, no, no, let mm-hmm. me just shoot down your theory right there. Okay. First of all, I assure you, and if people don't believe me, there's no point in listening to either bot podcast because this is absolutely true. Bob Barb has told me there's not a single thing that went on at that website that was fake. Not one. That's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, you could tell by what went on after, like that was never included in the stream, like a girl saying, hey. I told you not to do that. I, you weren't supposed to do that or you didn't listen to the safe word. And he would say, okay, we could let you go right now. Get up, go, we'll pay you. You're done here. You're never coming back. You could kiss the money goodbye. You're never coming back. So they would say, never mind. Go ahead and do whatever it was that they had agreed not to do. So I don't think it, I, I think it, it was more like a further torture. But there's one particular scene in that movie that is so nightmarish. It will literally give your the viewers nightmares. And I brought Barb to uh, Ken Daniels' Fright Night Film Fest um, a million years ago. We were showing it there. And, of course, the screening room that evening, it was an evening screening after the, after the show. The screening room was packed. And by the time it was done, the movie was done, I would say at least a third of the audience had left, but didn't go far. They were all standing in the outside the room sobbing. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So there's one scene in particular where, you know, uh, the, the guy whose, whose website it was, I told you, he loved torture devices from the 1800s, 1900s. So he would hire uh, these welders and, and people to build these things for him. And he came up with a cage for a woman that she had to be kind of folded up to fit inside. And once inside, she couldn't move at all. It was like a, a narrow, thin, square cage. And it had a hook in the top in one corner and he'd pick it up and he'd lower her into a vat of water that had three black walls and a clear plexiglass wall. So you could see her in the cage, in the water, being lowered in where it was over her head. And I got news for you, man. It is the most horrifying thing you will ever see. Just that somebody could do that to another person. And I'm sure they do far worse and you see far worse in in that show, but just the idea of being helpless in a cage and somebody doing that to you and, you know, your bowels clench and people started, you know, at the screening, they were like, and Barb leaned in her and I were about halfway back and she was sitting right next to me. And she leaned in and whispered in my ear. She said, every time, that day that they pulled her up 
she would scream the safe word and they drop her back in again. Oh God. <laughs> that That's not in the movie, is it? I don't remember that no. at all. No. And why did they take that no, out of the but movie? You remember the girl being dipped, right? Right, right. Yeah. Why didn't that they, was just something Barb told me later. Why? I wonder why they wouldn't put that in the movie because they were they had the the camera on. I wonder why because they, they're all they're all friends. They didn't. I I'm pretty sure she edited it it's because she didn't want to hurt the guy whose website it was. Okay. I mean, that kind of confuses you know, me in a way because it seems like... No, this is not a tell-all, like, look okay. how evil mm -hmm. he was. They worked at the site. Uh -huh, uh -huh. It was just a pretty unique site as far as we know or we hope. Mm -hmm. And uh, they wanted to show what was going on, but they didn't want to humiliate him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's hard to wrap my head around. I mean, I don't... I, 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 it's hard for me not to consider the guy a 100% villain Be only because of the safe word thing. And that is when Angie turned around and looked and said, the guy's a dick because look, people, people like what they like. And there's some things that are legal and some things are illegal. And actually people who are into illegal things, sometimes I have a little bit of sympathy for them because uh, it would be horrifying to have that proclivity because you can't affect what turns you on. It just does. And so I do have a, I understand that. And I do have some empathy and sympathy for some people, you know, that have that, but, but to constantly be, be uh, doing the one trigger, the one thing that's supposed to stop this in order for it to be a consensual thing is, is over and over again. That line is crossed. Well, I would just say this, Tim, look, mm -hmm. You know, a documentary can make anybody look like anything. Depends on how it's cut and edited together. Mm -hmm. I don't know this guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know what went on behind the scenes other than what I see in the movie. So, I mean, he had people working for him. They seem to still care about him. I, I don't know that he's a dick or he's not a dick. I don't know. I know from you feel a certain way from watching this uh, documentary, but. I'm sure he's got a side of the story too. Maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just don't know. Here's my feeling. I would never, <laughs> this is a warning film, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. don't get involved with stuff. You have no idea what you're getting involved with because the scariest thing is the final scene in the movie where they show that barn in upstate New York that's in the middle of nowhere with chains hanging and stuff. And you think, wow, it's a good thing this guy wasn't a serial killer <laughs> because there were a lot of girls that showed up for one session at insects and they were never seen again on insects. I'm not saying that they were never seen in the world. Right, right, I'm just right, saying. Right. So, you know, could you imagine mm -mm. it could have been like uh, the movie hostile or something, you know, mm -hmm. you, you don't know. So, Look, he had an idea. He had a, a something that thrilled him, and he, he carried it out, and everybody got paid, as far as I know, and there was no real bad blood. It was. It's just, look, I'm not going to judge. I don't know enough to judge. All I'm going to do is avoid. I don't want to be in that world. It's not my world. <laughs> right, you know? right. It's right. not my kind of adult-themed erotica. 
I'm not making a judgment on anybody else. It's just, I'm saying it's not for me, you know, so there's no, you know, so I'm not judging these folks. I'm just saying, wow, what a cool story. What an awful website, you know, (laughs) but everybody's moved on. I I think I mentioned that the the folks that work for him uh, work at kink.com now, as far as I know, Uh and he started a different website called Device Bondage. Okay. okay. So, so let's talk a little bit about uh, how the, the the website got shut down. Yeah, because that's 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 not really a. It's it's mentioned that it was shut down, but there's nothing. And, and I think it was the one thing that when me and Angie were watching the document. Now again, we're watching the documentary through different eyes than the people that were making clearly because we're t- having this conversation right now. You're hearing me my reactions from it, and so I think you you understand it was like. I'm, it's not my world either. I, and I'm, I'm a very libertine, obviously, st- extremely libertine person. Um, it, I think it was just that not listening to that safe word thing, which is what I keep kind of harping on. But I think one of the things that we were wanting more of a little bit was that story about how they got shut down. So, yes, please talk about that for a minute. Okay, so I want to point out, Everything is anecdotal. And when I say that, I mean that these are all stories that were told. Mm -hmm. You weren't there. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, I wasn't there. Right. And some of the people told the stories weren't there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why I'm hesitant to brand him as a bad guy or whatever. These are all anecdotal stories and none of us really know the exact what went on and the motivations for what went on. So I'm reserving judgment. All I know is the site was pretty horrifying. I could say that with, with confidence. Um, and that's not stepping on anybody's toes. I'm sure that's what he was going for in creating the site. So it worked. So what Barb told me was that the government wanted to shut down the site because it was too much torture and not enough sex. In other words, it's like, hey, this is a website of, of torturing people. This isn't porn. Porn we're used to, you know, we get it, whatever. But this is this is torture. Well, they couldn't, according to Barb, they couldn't shut him down legally. So what they did was, you know, all governments are capable of dirty tricks, right. especially ours. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, right. you know, if right. they're against you, even if the law is not on their side, they're, you know, they'll figure out a way to stop you. All right. So what she, what she told me, and I apologize, Barb, if I'm off on this, and I I could be, but what I believe she told me was that. They started pressuring the credit card companies into not accepting charges from that website anymore. Well, that was where all his revenue was coming from. And there were a lot. I think they go over the numbers in the movie and you could see from the number of subscribers, he was making a lot of money. Well, once that money dried up, the the point in doing the website dried up and, uh, he finally gave up, threw in the towel, and shut it down. He went to devicebondage.com, and I believe he still uses the torture devices and the restraints and all this stuff, but I believe there's a lot more sex now because I think he learned his lesson. But the interesting thing is we can't, you know, the, the ghost of the government is still chasing this movie around. 
And what I mean by that is overseas, we could get it up on any VOD service, but we can't get it on any VOD service here because the credit card companies won't accept charges. And whoever we give it to gives it back to us saying, hey, we, we're getting too much heat from this. Now, think about that. This is a documentary on the website. Right, this right. This is not the website. And we can't get it screened anywhere. It's just the documentary is is too much, and it's still being chased by the ghost of whatever the credit card companies are afraid of. So basically, the government doesn't even want people to know this guy exists. And if you if the more you get this documentary out... The, the, I don't know yeah. that that's the case or not. I don't know that the government's still doing anything. All I know is once they put the kibosh on something, it's hard to remove that uh -huh. kibosh. Uh -huh. It just doesn't get removed. I mean, we're 20 years down the road, and we still, you know, if we put it up on the thing, it comes back to us saying, sorry, thanks, but no thanks. We, you know. Huh. So, you know, I believe in, in you know, people... You don't want to see something. You shouldn't have to see it oh, and, right. and all this stuff. Right. But I am not for people who don't understand something stopping others from having a chance to see something that they don't even understand themselves. That's why I'm so hesitant to condemn this guy or whatever. I'm saying I don't know the full situation, so I'm going to withhold my opinion. But not everybody does that. And I'm curious. I'm just curious. That's why I'm asking too, because you know, like as we're talking, I'm sitting here trying to rationalize even what I'm thinking because I am super libertine on everything and this guy is challenging me a little bit you know like when I'm watching this but then again I'm I'm thinking about these young ladies going and doing this and it's like well you know people jump out of planes with a little parachute on their back they mountain climb and they don't look crazy like those women do do they no and it's really I mean how much more dangerous is doing any of that stuff it, it, it's it isn't my world either and so that therefore it makes it fascinating, but also very challenging. We like to lift the curtain on other worlds. There's so many of them out there. Mm -hmm. We're not judging. We're not saying good or bad. We're just showing you. That's all. That's what we do at Synapse and Impulse. We show you what's out there. And I think people enjoy that. You know, they can make up their own minds. They could do their own research. They don't need Synapse or Impulse to tell them how to think or feel. So when you showed the movie at at Ken's show at Fright Night, what was the, what was the reaction? Did you do like a Q and A or anything? What was the reaction from people? Yeah, we did. People loved it. I mean, uh -huh. it's a great documentary. It's amazing, and it's got hardcore. It's got hardcore in it. It's a documentary with hardcore, and you get to see what real blood looks like. That's another thing for the Synapse fans. If you want to see what real blood looks like versus right. theatrical blood. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Buy yourself a copy of graphic sexual horror and you will see what real blood looks like on camera and it's not the same. Uh-huh. What were the what were the questions that were asked of you guys like after that? Do you remember? You know, you're I, I mean it's a great question, but you're asking an old timer about something <laughs> that must have happened ten, fifteen years ago. Did, I, I don't remember. Was there anything that surprised you that was getting kind of like leaned on, like something that people kept asking about that you were that sort of stuck out? 
No, but what I'm trying did to ask you the same me, question in a different way, basically. <laughs> yeah, what did surprise me was the number of people that came to the screening, the number of people who lasted through the screening, and the number of people who hung around even though they left early outside the screening because they wanted to talk to Barb and they wanted they just needed to to calm down. You know that their their documentary really really delivers. It's it's a good one. I'm sure people are going to want to see more. But then they, you know, uh, if you've bought graphic sexual horror and you're interested in that stuff, you can find insects live streams archived on the internet if you know where to look. Me personally. I'm not sure, and I don't give out that kind of information, but for those of you who are interested in what insects was and want to see those live streams, I, I, there's they're archived on the internet and they can be found. But yeah, no, the people really liked it because the documentary is treated very seriously and they, you know, there were people involved, you know, not all the torturers were men, some were women, and they gone on to do to have big, big careers. Uh, a torturer, Princess Donna, very beautiful woman. She does stuff. She's still actively involved in porn, I think, to this very day. And um, I forgot her name, but the like the very, very blonde uh, woman who's always like a victim. She's actually, if you open the cover and you un unfold the picture, <laughs> you see why she's screaming before you unfold the picture. She's going on. She's been in a um, a million modern porn things. Um, a lot of it involves, you know, kinkier stuff. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, I mean, these are real people, and they go on and they live their lives, and you know, there there's nothing wrong with them. I mean, you know, Barb was one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Uh -huh. Just a sweet lady, but she wrote these scenarios. You know, right? <laughs> she's right. involved in this website. So I mean, look, it's like you know, sometimes when people work for companies or they're movie stars or they're writers or whatever they are, you know, we tend to look at them, put them up on a pedestal. But at the end of the day, everybody is simply a human being with the same strengths and weaknesses as everybody else. You know, <laughs> you know, Barb was just a great down to earth lady real nice person so let me ask you then how did she find you what how did you guys connect how did she bring this did, did she bring the film to you guys no we saw it at a film festival and we contacted her i said hey ma'am i saw your documentary and i think it's awesome and i want to do it and she goes really why i said because it's great she goes but don't you understand the heat that you're going to bring down on yourself i said that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. We're not into censoring shit. And, right. and, and no, that we have to, you know, there's martyrs all over the place. If we got to become martyrs, we'll be martyrs. But your documentary is fascinating and there's nothing in it that should keep people from being able to see it. It serves as a warning and an educational film as well. Right. And it should be seen by everybody, especially, you know, I hate to say it, but like teenagers should see it because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if they run away from home, if they don't listen to mom and dad and they decide to hitchhike and run away from home, they could end up in bad places or they could get on drugs and end up scrounging and doing anything for money. I mean, this is 
definitely a story that makes should make the young folk want to behave a little bit better and just you know right. eh, maybe mom and dad aren't so bad after all it's a very very challenging documentary mm-hmm. but i do agree with you i'm not for censoring anything at all if it happened show it it's life yeah, I mean, these are lessons. How do we learn our lesson if we ignore the past? There was a philosopher by the name of Santayana that his most famous, or, or at least the only quote I know from him, is those that forget the past are doomed to repeat it. All these things that's in the presentation, they should be learning moments. They should be taught. If you are not careful, these are the things that can happen to you. You know, this is what can happen if you, you know, if you don't study harder. You know, listen, it's not really fair to say that. We don't know much about the women who volunteered. We don't know if they were abused at home, if they were runaways, how they, if they were drug addicts, how did they become drug addicts? You know, it's so easy to sit back and judge. So we're not judging, but it's still, it's out there. It happened. It is. And draw your own conclusions, but but be aware. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the people. <laughs> you know, try do the best you can. What was it? What was the reaction of people that bought this this movie? Now, I'm not even talking about the people that that actually were in the movie that were maybe getting into something they didn't realize. What was some of the? It, you had to have some interesting reaction from people that bought this and didn't understand how far it was going to go. Okay, so we have basically two types of customers. 10% of our customers of graphic sexual horror are buying it because they want to see something that's got graphic sexual horror. Those people, sometimes they're mildly disappointed. And I say mildly because they're disappointed because it's not a torture porn hour-long session that they could masturbate to for gotcha. example uh-huh, uh-huh. um but there is some horrifying things in it so they only get mildly annoyed the other 90 percent are the people who know what it is in there they want to see this documentary on this horrible real they know what it is and they love it because it's great you know, it's a great movie. I mean, I might sound self-serving and, you know, listen, if anyone hears me say it's great and because I said that goes and buys it and then decides it's not great, you never have to listen to another word I say. Because <laughs> <laughs> consider me a liar. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Mm-hmm. But it is a great documentary. And it's it's not, you know, it's not stupid. It's not biased they tried not to be biased uh-huh, uh-huh. at all because they're there they were complicit in the website right that's true so, too that's true too yeah yeah and that 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 is actually something right very obvious that that i didn't even consider too and i was kind of wondering what what is this is this pro or, or, or con and when you when you look at it, it's like you're right it's not it's just showing you what it is yeah there wasn't you couldn't say it was really pro or con because I asked Barb, I said, why didn't you show this? Why didn't you say this? She said, well, it might have made him look bad. 
I said, well, but he did this and he did well. She said, not really. And we, you know, we liked him. He was a good guy to us and, and you know, whatever. He wasn't, he wasn't going, he didn't have a room full of caged women that were there with, you know, cause they were kidnapped. You know, he wasn't a serial killer. Um, he was, he was a businessman with a dream and a guy, you know, a guy who had a fetish and he, you know, whatever. I'm just trying to, I, you know, I'm speechless. I don't know. Folks, you got to watch it for yourself and make up your own mind. I think my conclusion after having this conversation with you, too, is that there's a few things that I've already brought up that I had failed to think about. And I'm I'm having epiphanies as we're speaking right now and I'm bringing them up. But the other one is that one of my cardinal rules, too, is I'm breaking for myself because maybe this was so it was such a challenge to watch. And I enjoy challenging things. You know, don't don't think that I didn't sit through through Thundercrack with a grin on my face and giggled a few times because I knew that for some people this would really be pushing buttons. But I, I don't have a problem watching things even if they are challenging because I almost enjoy the challenge in a way. But the one thing that I was falling into the trap was I wasn't considering what was going on when the cameras weren't rolling. I was considering it, Jerry, but I was only considering the bad things that could have been happening while the, while the camera wasn't rolling. I never was sitting there considering the gentle and good things that Barb was saying about him. Uh, and and now that you even say that, I'm like, you know what? That's a good point. That's something that I wasn't thinking about. I don't know the guy either. And so therefore I'm even coming around now to being like, yeah, you're right. People got paid and, and no one was permanently injured. I mean, if yeah. you're a crazed junkie in New York, where else are you going to make $3,000 for three hours work? You know, I mean, that's cash money. Right. The other thing is, you know, Barb, I want to say Barb was always very careful. Anytime I ever brought the guy up to always say, Hey, I don't want him to be mad at me. I don't want him to feel hurt. I, you know, he was, I like him. He's a friend and whatever. Okay. So she, she was not intentionally ever trying to make that, him look bad or anything like that. I don't think she did that whatsoever. I don't think the filmmakers did. I think he did it himself. But then again, I think he did that through the prism of what he was doing at that website. And if we don't have that kink, then we don't understand what he was doing. And it's not fair to judge him. Yes, you're right. But you're forgetting one thing. Barb and uh, I believe her name was Annika. They did the editing. So I don't care what he said. They did the editing. And if you guys are folks of fans of the Netflix uh, documentaries, you could see they can make an innocent man look guilty and a guilty oh, man yeah. look innocent. <laughs> right. They could uh right. they could edit. I remember the ones you remember the Memphis three, yeah. the three kids yep. that were they were gonna execute for something they didn't do. Yep. The Netflix there, I think there were a total of three documentaries on them, one after the other after the other, by the same filmmakers as time went on. Yeah. Paradise they lost. made the, that one father look so guilty. They oh, and they said no, it wasn't scratches. It was bite marks, and right. they told him, and he went and had all of his teeth pulled. So you're saying, my God, just shoot this guy. You know he couldn't be more guilty than that. If you look at it today, they think it was a totally different guy. That guy died. He, they had no evidence of anything. And they have a guy they really think was the killer now, the father of one of the kids or something, whatever. But that documentary made him, that one guy, look 
like he was the killer. And right. that's, that's, uh, you know, the shame on the filmmakers. Well, right, right. And I, I don't like so, manipulative documentaries yeah, like so, that at all. You know, yeah. yeah, he said what he said, but who knows what else he said. And it was edited together the way it was edited together. We don't know that was one stream of conscious interview. No, <laughs> it could have been creative editing. Now, I don't know that it was. I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying as a person watching a documentary, you learn what you can, but you take it with a grain of salt because there's always going to be things that you're not aware of, questions that you're not aware of, but the filmmakers are. You have to be careful that you're not being manipulated to feel a certain way. But a movie like graphic sexual horror will bring strong feelings. <laughs> yes, it will. Oh, by the way, I, yes. I want to say something. You know, you asked me a question, um, or no, you made a statement. You said you to the people who watch this kind of stuff and might have an interest in it. It's a warning that maybe you shouldn't give in to all your curiosities. <laughs> Right? Yeah. That's what you were trying to say, right? <laughs> a little bit, yeah, and right. That, you just, I want you to make a note of that right. for another Impulse podcast because, you know. Right. <laughs> I got some stories I could tell you that where people uh, have allowed their curiosity to run away with them and uh, tried things that they've they've seen and we're very unhappy. <laughs> okay. All right. It is and we'll noted. just leave it at that. Professor Jerry, thank you once again. You're educating me. And um, I can tell you one thing. Until you bestow upon me the nickname of Tim Pulse, I am going to continue to be educated by my mad Professor Jerry here. And I appreciate it. And um, remember to email me, Tim at synapsefilms.com, if you have... Any adult-themed conventions that maybe would be good for Impulse to go to. Also email me with any suggestions uh, on any, any uh, topics for a show. And also if you are an artist or if you are a collector who has film elements of loops or adult films, or if you're an artist who is interested in maybe working and doing some cover art, please email me. Tim at synapsefilms.com. I will forward everything to Jerry and we will get back to you and let you know. And once again, Jerry, this was a fascinating conversation. It's a fascinating movie. We are on the Impulse podcast. This is a movie that was released technically by Synapse, but to say that this movie wouldn't be interesting to the crowd at the front who enjoys Impulse, I think would be incorrect to say the least. So right um, and even though even though there is graphic sexual horror in graphic sexual horror if you're over 18 and you could handle some shocking stuff it's a great documentary. This is that type of uh documentary that actually actually delivers. It's funny in the beginning of the movie she shows some still photographs from some torture devices and from some crime scene photos that she mentioned he was inspired or obsessed with. And one of those crime scene photos, it was from uh, the uh, Hillside Stranglers. It was a photograph of the 
victim lying on her back on a table and, you know, all the various things they had done to her are well, you could see it. It was a police photo. And I have never seen that photo anywhere, ever. And I'm a big uh, true crime aficionado. I've never seen that photo. And I asked her about it. She goes, oh, he had all kinds of photos. Uh, you know, he even had the uh, original Ed Gein book written by Judge Gallmer that had those crime scene photos in it. She said, oh, we love that, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you're a fan of, of horror and true, we'll call it true crime, although was this stuff really a crime? I don't know. But I think it fits in under that category pretty well. Yeah, you're going to be fascinated by the documentary, but it is a hard, hard to sit through documentary with full on. I, I call it hardcore, but it's a very explicit nudity and real torture with blood and everything. I mean, there wasn't a ton of sex going on. That's what got them in trouble, for according to my understanding. Right. Well, and and to to your point. I said in the beginning of this conversation that Angie and myself watched it, and we're and you know Angie, she's not exactly a hardcore. She's not wearing chains and leather. She's an accountant. You right. know, before I met her, she listened to New Kids on the Block. You know, I mean, so right. <laughs> so for her to sit through it, and she was definitely affected. I think she was a little teared up too. But for her yeah. to for me to offer. The safe word <laughs> for me. Would you like me to stop? You know, I used her safe word, coffee, coffee. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, did, did do you want me to stop it? And she said, and so it was almost like what they were doing in the movie. And she's like, oh no, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Just ow, ow. I think a lot of the the booby squeezing and things. <laughs> That was. I think that was harder for her to take. That's an awfully mild way of putting I, what they were doing. No, I know, but but you know, I think it was for her. It was kind of like you know when you see like someone like hit a line drive baseball right into a guy's crotch, and every man in the room goes, "Oh my god!" You know, yeah, she yeah, was yeah, she was having yeah. one of those moments with that. So, but uh, but she made it through and found it very very interesting. So to your point, that is true. So if you have not seen this, it, it was something different, very very different. And uh, but it was well put together, and it it's it does not pull, from what I can tell, doesn't pull back. Nope, nope. All right, Jerry. Well, thanks again for talking about this and talking to the fans and friends of Impulse Pictures. You're welcome, Tim. Most importantly, for the folks out there, you know, we want to do good shows. We want to talk to you about what you're interested in, and this is, you know, I have a few stories for Impulse, but it, you know. It might may go dry. So it's important to, you know, if you have topics you'd like us to address, please ask and we'll talk. Yes. And we'll do more of these. Yes. Again, Tim at synapsefilms.com. Give me an email. All right, Jerry, we'll talk to you next time. See you later, folks. Bye bye. I have to go. Get back before you know it. Pictures Podcast. Please come again.